0: Hey, I'm Tommy Chong, welcome to High on
1: Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from persysgrowroom.com. In this week's episode, we're talking all about books to help you learn how to grow cannabis. This is books from people like Ed Rosenthal, Paul Hayes-Avantez, Jeff Lowenthal's, uh, Lizzie Post, even Jack Herrer as well. we mentioned his book in this episode. So if you're looking to go out and buy some cannabis books, then here are some ideas for you. These are books that I own and the different panel members own and books that we would recommend that you go out and buy as well. So enjoy. We have a lot of good listener mail questions at the end as well. So stay tuned for those. But for now, let's just get stuck in and get involved in this episode. I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. As the kids would say, vibing to the Grow Guides tune there. Hope everybody likes the Grow Guides tune. It's nice and cool tune. Vibing, this is one of the new words that the kids are using, bro. Get with the lingo, fam. It's not very original. what is nowadays bro it's 2022 everything's recycled
2: that's what i mean god damn i like being from where i'm from because that shit was original
1: and i'm saying good times man the 90s were the best weren't they 90s were full of books too because there was very limited internet if you remember indeed
0: that is correct that's
1: right so these books you speak of what is a book tg a book is what
2: uh, me and my friend Greg used to refer to marijuana as when we would text each other. And we'd be like,
1: hey, I went to the library. I got some new books, man. You want to come read them? And we used like, to call oh, it God. food. We used to be like, "Yo, hey, yeah, man, I'm hungry. Are you got any food? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And no, I'll get an example. Here. Here's a here's a good, this is the first girl book I ever bought, actually. In a Closet Cultivator by Ed Rosenthal. Sweet. A cover, a whole bunch of thinner pages with words on them with an end thicker cover, uh, and there's information inside, usually wow. in a book.
1: They're rare nowadays, these book things, aren't they?
2: Yeah, usually on, like, an iPad. And mm. sometimes I've actually gone like this on a book and been like, fuck.
1: And it you know, seems like... like this is the way things are starting to head now, rather than having these no. actual copies. I spoke to Jorge Cervantes this week, and he's releasing his book very soon. And he's not releasing it in paper form like he has all of his previous books. He's releasing oh. it online It's an ebook. Really? Yeah, yeah. Only ebook. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's much cheaper and people prefer oh, yeah. it that way, apparently. Oh fuck, yeah. it's so much cheaper, but yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah. it's a shame, isn't it? You know, because having that, that physical one. copy of the book is, is but I've got some epic weed books, man. I've got signed books from Ed Rosenthal and Thor shit, but I don't read them. If I want to find information, I'd go online and I'll find it. That's that's the way there it seems you go, to be. right? Yeah.
2: It isn't like the 90s anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I, was, I was listening to some good podcasts last night about uh, some, some breeders that were around back then and they were telling their stories of when they started growing. And yeah, it was like books, three books, three or five books that were available back then because there was no forum, there was no internet,
1: there was mm-hmm. no like podcasts like this. Should I passed by word of mouth. And the first yeah. time I ever saw like a weed growing book. I was living with a friend of mine who was a young man, like 18, was very young. And he just had this little paper pamphlet. It was, it was like 20 pages long or something. It wasn't even big, man. It, it wasn't professionally made or anything like that. It's like somebody had put this shit together to just sp- send out as many as possible to teach people how to grow weed and showed you how to make a grow room. And, you know, it was just packed full of as much information as you could into a small book like that. It, and that was the first time I ever seen any kind of weed growing literature such a long time ago, but that was fucking awesome, man. That, it's like inspired me that that did, that, that was the days before everybody had the internet, you know, it's different times, man. Oh yeah. So, well, What about you, Marge? You got some weed books. What was the first book you ever owned? If you do own any.
3: Oh, I have tons of weed books. I mean, a lot of them are actually weed cookbooks. I have quite a number of those. Cool. For sure. I do also have Ed Rosenthal's Cannabis Grower's Handbook, which is a handy reference guide.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: The first weed book, though, is like some kind of, I wish I could remember the exact name of it. I think my parents took it from me. It's like something about hash. I forget what it was. Some book about hashish. And I don't remember a lot about it, but it was so controversial. My parents confiscated it from me, and I wish I could find another copy of it, but...
2: (laughs) The hash eater, there. I think that was something, something like the name of it, right?
1: Is that the, or is that to new hash?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago, actually. Okay,
1: yeah. What about you, Martin? You got any weed books? <clears throat> Sorry, just packing a bottle there.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, yeah, well, just... uh, we specific books. I suppose the first book I ever had was uh, the, the Grow Bible by Ar- Argus Went as uh. That was the first one I ever got my hands on. Um, outside of that, uh, I suppose weed specific book. Uh, there, there was the book of buds. If we get those? There was a couple of different volumes as well. And mm-hmm. I know no, that yeah. one. Yeah, and there, there was like a a, a spliff uh, book as well. There was like a book of spliffs, all the different spliffs and how. Yeah, different ones, spliffs so. you can
1: roll. Yeah, there was issue one and issue two of that. I remember that one.
4: Yeah, yeah, there was two of those. So uh, yeah, I had, 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 had my hands in those for a little bit. Um, but yeah the the best grow books though i would probably recommend right now though for people but they're probably not for beginners um and that's the team With series
1: by uh, mm-hmm. jeff monfells yeah uh, jeff monfells book the team of microbes, team with nutrients team with fungi and there's a fourth one right he, he one in the chat yeah. just
3: said there's a the new he's just he's released just one He's just come
2: out
1: with uh, bacteria yeah teaming team with bacteria right. yeah
4: yeah so, Team of Microbes kind of covers that, but I don't know. How he's probably going into it a lot deeper in that because I would have thought those three books together were uh, quite oh, complete,
1: yeah. uh, quite in depth. Yeah, there you go. Nice. The,
2: I lent my third one out to uh, my friend. But uh,
1: yeah, these are the required. You shouldn't lend me. books. Yeah. Books are not for lending, man. You, you give people a book. No, <laughs>
4: it's I'll like it's back. like a
1: role, it's like an unwritten role of books, right? I'm, I'm not
4: going these, these books you want to come back because um, yeah. there's yeah. so these much knowledge in there you just, I'm going to text eaten. her this week about it because I want it back.
1: Like, where's my shit?
0: <laughs> you're right. I have lost many books like
1: that. It's just yeah, this like... is what you're not supposed to do, man. It's like, here's a book. Enjoy. Don't let books. It's bad etiquette, apparently. A uh, couple of people we've mentioned there. Uh, Monkey, what, what, um, what books have you got? Do you do books?
0: Uh, not weed books at all. Uh, no way. I, my garden knowledge came from uh, various organic gardening books and whatnot back in the day. So, I mean, I basically, it was just principles of growing that got me where I am now, plus the internet, but I've never purchased mm-hmm. a weed specific grow book.
1: No, I've never purchased one. I've just been lucky enough to yeah, get them well, for free from all these epic people which have had on the show in the past. <laughs> now, I don't
0: usually have people uh, handing me books or anything like that, but you know, I did win one at Percy's and deferred, decided to give it to somebody who would probably put it to better use than myself.
2: Mm. But I really- uh, that's it. I would agree okay. with you there monkey though like cannabis books um no Jorge does a really good job ed does a pretty good job too um Greg Green's cannabis grow Bible is, is well written but um just a regular gardening book is is a really good place to start to get your mm-hmm. fundamentals down um stuff that's kind of specific like drying and harvesting looking at trichomes like you know um the, the really specific stuff yeah you might want a kind of a specific thing but yeah starting out like i have this book right here the compost gardening guide it's you know what we give out to our students at the compost coach uh course that we teach and it's like if you want compost this is the shit right but I mean, it's well,
1: lame bro it's got no weed in it you know <laughs> i know but you know science if you're into the science of it it's super cool this is one of the things that ed said before when he was on the show he was like you know i didn't really want to write a weed book but nobody wants to buy a book about growing tomatoes so yeah
0: (laughs) yeah but i mean if you if you know how to grow tomatoes well you'll probably do well
1: growing cannabis Mm. that's right so yeah man i mean there's so many fucking books out there, there there's a shitload but there's some that stand out like everybody has like the Jorge Cervantes uh, cannabis encyclopedia done with the purple cover. That's a fucking epic book, man.
2: Seen right here, man. This there is, it is. That's the one. I pre-ordered this before it came out. And if you go on Amazon, you can actually see my comment and Jorge replied to it. So nice. <laughs> I didn't realize until like five years later when I went and looked. But <laughs> this book, I always say like, you know, I'm a good grower, but
1: lots, you know, my, my specific techniques and honing everything in came from this. This, this, this is definitely one which would recommend for everybody to go out and buy for a start. This is the number one book we're going to recommend so far is the Cannabis Encyclopedia from Jorge Cervantes. That has fucking everything in it that you need to know as a home grower. Obviously you can't go into more detail, but that's with everything you can go into more and more detail, but this is like everything you need to know on a basic level. And then not, not just basic either. It's like intermediate level too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no,
2: it, it's, it'll if that's the only book you buy,
1: you are set, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got everything you need. And it's a beautiful book, man. It's so well yeah. made, so well presented. And it, good pictures. Just, yeah. Demos like it, it
2: tells you how to set up a girl, everything from a small grow to a huge outdoor thing. And See, yeah, I, yeah I, it's it's well written. Man. I
1: remember Jorge from when when he uh made some cassette tapes that's how long ago it was some of the guys out there there might not even know what a cassette is (laughs) you You get your vhs man you put that shit in the vhs player and he was wearing a black beret with dreads and sunglasses and shit jorge savantes that was some good shit man um way back in the day
2: if you like as a cannabis grower sometimes you get really interested in stuff and if you wanted to start breeding cannabis this is what you needed here robert clark uh, marijuana Botany. And keeps fading out. Yeah,
1: yeah, we can see it. Yeah, that's so Robert bottom. Clark. Yeah, marijuana botany. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. I haven't seen that. You know. You've mentioned this book before as well. I know, but you think highly of this book. Oh, yeah.
2: It's, I mean, it's been out, what, since 1970. I don't remember when it first came out. This is a, oh, 1981. And yeah, I mean, most, if not all, breeders, I would say, would have this somewhere in the library because it's it's got everything you need to know about crossing, different uh, different strains from different areas of the world, how to how to do everything and what to look for and, and
1: how to breed cannabis, basically. Nice, That's nice. Book yeah. Well, Chilbert just brought up a good one in the chat there that gets overlooked because you know, it's not necessarily oh. a growing book, but it's uh, about... Mm cannabis prohibition, which is the Emperor wear noes wears no clothes. And that's from yes. the legendary Jack Herra. But that's I, I was looking online, man. I was trying to buy a fucking signed copy of that, but I couldn't get hold of one. But I'm definitely in the in the market for a signed copy of that. I want that. That'd be an epic to book. Are to they pretty hard to find?
2: Like I don't know, are they still in print or yeah, but you, you, you want first edition site. print,
1: don't you? When you when you, when you want it for a collection, you just don't want the book. You want the first edition print. You don't just want to go for any standard shit. Oh, I don't know. I would just want to. read it. I'm a fussy bastard, mate. That's why. That's why I am. know you
2: can read the what? ebook. I think yeah, they have it published online. I think mm-hmm. for free. I'm not too
1: sure. That'll caught me on. Yeah, but you, know, you should try and support the, the authors yeah. of these anyway, books. That's as a good well. book. Yeah, good, good one. Yeah. What well, what other ones would we recommend? Of course, with this um the the newest one from ed rosenthal is really good as well what's that one called uh the cannabis growers handbook i think you mentioned it marge
3: yeah yeah, is it the newest one you have yeah yeah
1: cool what do you think of it it's good the thing's like a textbook
3: right it is like a textbook it has pretty much everything in it that you could possibly want for growing for sure i've referenced it numerous times when i've been doing my thing so yeah it's definitely like a textbook
1: yeah, he said that's what he wanted from it when he was making it and a lot of people... Because we've had him on the show and he spoke specifically about this book before it was even released. He was talking about how it's going to be in the end and what he wanted to wanted of it. And he wanted it to be like a textbook that could go out to all these different universities that are teaching people how to grow cannabis and shit. And he did a good job of it, man. I mean, I've never actually sat down and read through a whole one of these books because this is one of the problems being in the UK. You know, when you go out to read somewhere, say you get the train... You're going somewhere on the train. You can't really sit there reading <laughs> the yeah, cannabis no. growers handbook. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
3: but not to scare anybody off. Like it is like a textbook, but it's also, I would say more like a reference guide. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. I don't know if you would sit down mm-hmm. and read a book like this from cover to cover, but, you know, having it on your shelf and being able to reference it when you need it for something yeah. is it's pretty invaluable.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Especially with the deficiencies and all of that mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. hmm that that's one. Of, that's one of the good ones, man. I also got a couple more. Uh, what's that one? Beyond Buds from Ed Rosenthal as well. Have you seen that one? That one's about edibles and oils and shit. Oh, I've no, that one. I've never read it, but I've seen it.
2: Yeah, you know what you're talking about.
1: That one's pretty cool. The missus has read that one. She liked that book. But uh, what else is the man? What other what other books are there? I mean, they're definitely um, the two highly recommended ones. Is the Jorge Cervantes' Cannabis Encyclopedia, the Ed Rosenthal Cannabis Growers Handbook, the Grow uh, Teaming with series from Jeff lowenfolds That's going to teach you a shitload of gardening in general. Never mind, like just cannabis; it teaches yeah, yeah. you a shitload about how soil works. And that's definitely one you want to get into, so you know the most important stuff about that. Then I really like this. So, what you got there? This is a magazine called Grow. Uh... Yeah, the Hemp and
2: Cannabis Horticulture Magazine. Grow Magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys ever subscribed to magazines back in the day, but... Back I used in to the stay.
1: day. I mean, yes. when we had yeah. trees. <laughs> yeah, I really
2: like magazines. I like getting mm-hmm. one in the mail and unwrapping it from the plastic and, you know, and the smell of the the, the fresh. Yeah, ink yeah, and all the of prints. that. Yeah, yeah. The, the ads and everything about magazines I love. And this magazine I really enjoy. Rob Clark, the aforementioned uh, author of the marijuana botany, mm-hmm. he guests a lot as a guest author for articles in this magazine, as well as Tom McCormick, um, other large names in the industry and it's yeah it's it's pretty cool it has like strange showcases you know just of like contemporary stuff and um stories about the old days and stuff about terpenes and whatever so it's it's a pretty good magazine you
1: know we have something similar here in the uk but it's more like a newspaper it's called soft secrets and you can go into most grow shops like hydro stores and ask them if they have soft secrets it'll be behind the counter because they can't advertise anything cannabis. So if you, if you go in there and ask them, then they probably do have soft secrets magazines, and that will teach you shit. So you, if you don't have the money to go out and buy one of these books, because they can be pretty expensive nowadays, especially shipping, goddamn. But you know you can get these papers for free if you go to the right places and ask for that, and you'll be able to learn things from there too. Yeah. So that's pretty. That's a pretty good way to go about things. You know, save yourself some dough if you need to. I remember when Ed Rosenthal sent me um was it I don't think it was this book, it was this his one before this one. And uh it, the shipping was more than the book was, it was like 60, 70 quid for the for the shipping. Oh, the Chilbert just put a fucking great one in chat there cannabis is medicine by dr mm. bonnie goldstein and that's something which we have discussed before on one of the interviews before as well and it's like when you buy that book you buy two copies of that book you buy one for yourself to read and then there's one for you to hand into your healthcare professional like your doctor or your nurse or somebody like that so they can learn from it as well that's a good way to go about things so buy both buy two of them if you can they're not very expensive but definitely a book worth having what else do we have? What other books do we recommend here? I mean, there's, there's so many good authors out there when it comes to cannabis. I mean, the the two top guys is Ed Ed Rosenthal and Jorge Avantes for sure. They're That's really enough. Um,
2: yeah, you're right. Those guys have, uh, I'd say, the highest volume i like dr ethan russo he doesn't like he's probably contributed or written a book i don't know the name of it if he has but mm-hmm. he, he writes like he's he's more of a scientific paper guy right and i really enjoy his uh his
1: work so he's like you know. more in depth when you go for the scientific paper kind of shit isn't it
2: yeah i mean but his is like uh, he he writes in a very easy to read kind of Especially his historical stuff about, you know, origins of cannabis and mm. uh, the way it traveled around the Silk Road area back in the old days and things like this. Mm. Um, yeah, John McPartland is another <laughs> good name to look up if you're into that kind of thing. Um, yeah, but uh, those two are, are very good.
1: See, so authors. many books. But they're, they're nice to have, you know, especially if you're in a legal place where you're allowed to have these books, that makes a difference as well. Because if you are not in a legal place, so you're in the UK, you, you've got this bookshelf full of cannabis fucking books and you get visitors come around your house. You can't really have them on display, you know, which is a shame. <laughs> they're nice books, man. They're nice books. But I definitely recommend the Jorge Cervantes Cannabis Encyclopedia, the Ed Rosenthal uh, Cannabis Growers Handbook. Uh, the yeah. one you said, T.G., about the breeding as well, Mariana Botany from Dr. Clark, yeah? Uh, I don't think he's not a doctor, but yeah. Right. Uh, Robert Clark. Robert, Robert Clark. Connell Clark. Cool. With an E. And then the Teaming with series, that's highly yeah. recommended too. And then, and then the Dr. Bonnie Goldstein book as well. It's, it's like, There's so many out there. Like you have to go and read these books or at least try to read them. Some of them are a bit big, but... You know, some of them are good for reference, like Marge says, you know, the encyclopedia and the Cannabis Handbook. That, that's good for reference. But mm-hmm. the Jeff file series, that's good to read if you want to know about how all soil works and shit like that. Then they're, they're a good section of books to read through. And then um, the political books, like The Emperor has no the Emperor Wears No Clothes from Jack Herra, that's also a good book you can read as well. And There's, there's so many books out there, man, it's... It, it's uh i mean i would say endless but of course it's nothing's really endless but there's so many fucking books to read out there but if you want to read some cannabis books then you're you for choice really there's a lot for you to choose from but, yeah. and of course the, the websites as well there's lots of good websites out there they're not necessarily books but they still have a shitload of good information on them especially like forums like No, like that's our forum And just the diaries on there, the threads on there, there's proper articles that have been written on there as well. So there's still a lot for you to find online for absolutely free. You can just visit for free. You don't have to pay anything. You can learn as much as you can from there. And then you can get the newspapers and magazines. If you go to a grow shop, they probably have newspapers and magazines about growing cannabis, which you can get for absolutely free as well. Just ask them, scoop them up and you know read what you can and you learn more from those as well you learn more about you know different events that are going on different bits of culture it's not just a set informational book about you know how to grow specifically
4: yeah Uh, book book i always love actually was uh soft secrets remember that one
1: yeah yeah i did mention that one soft secrets yeah i've written a few times soft secrets they've got a few articles of mine in in their magazines yeah she's pretty cool there before as well it's pretty cool but uh, what, what else is that? <laughs> what else can we say about books? You got any Will interesting you... books to recommend there, Martin? Uh, no, not off after that, of My, uh, my
4: favourite book was always just that, uh, I suppose, the easiest uh, one was the Horace Wante's Grow Bible. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, so complete, and it was so simple as well. It mm-hmm. explained things quite well for a first-timer. Um but yeah, all the other recommendations that came in there uh, are, are great as well. And there's so many new books coming out as well. I got um, uh, Dr. Danny Garden's uh, Danny Garden. Yeah, I think that's her name anyway. Again, um, mm-hmm. it's been a while since I had her out, but uh, she yeah, had she's a, been
1: she's a, on the show in
4: a couple book. of weeks. Oh yeah, excellent. Yeah, she, she I met her over in um over in Malta. She she gave a presentation, spoke really well. She talked about what she was doing in the UK, but uh, she was a Canadian uh doctor working over there and uh moved to the UK and started working there. Um but yeah, no, um her book was really good, really complete as well. Um but again that's more about on the medical side and less underground side.
1: Yeah, man. That's it. Like you say, there's so many options out there, man, so much choice sport for choice really we're very lucky nowadays because back in the day you couldn't get any of this shit
2: well and again the lack of internet mm. was a big you know, you didn't have a grow shop in
1: your town mm. what do you do
2: don't have books about growing
1: basically it's crazy and it? when you think back to them days when everything wasn't just available to us where we couldn't just go yeah. online and order anything we want yeah.
3: You know, have it into your door like two days or less.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two days, you'd be pissed off. Like, where's my shit? <laughs> that's
3: right. You're <laughs> standing at the door after like two hours. Like, where is it?
1: <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, we're so lucky, man. We're so lucky. But I, at the same time, we're not lucky. It was kind of cool back then in the '90s, you know, <laughs> the '80s <the ages> and <laughs> '90s, where we didn't just have everything available to us. We, I think, I feel like we appreciated things more. But maybe that's just because I was a kid back then.
0: Yeah. You used to have to go to this place
1: called the mall to get stuff. And, you know, and the library, Imagine you going into the library. Oh my gosh. And what yeah. book did I see? Um, I went into Waterstones, which is a big book shop, big bookstore here in the UK. You know, there's loads of stores, Waterstones stores all over the UK. And I went in there looking at the gardening books and I seen in there, uh, Helen, Ellen Holland's book. What's it called? Oh, uh, what's it called, man? Um, cannabis a guide to weed what was the book called can you remember she'd been on the show i don't remember the name of the weed book. I a connoisseur's to guide it. to cannabis or something like, there that. You go. something like that yeah so and that book was there on the shelf man just nice. like you could have just bought it in the shop there in the uk it's like yeah that's pretty fucking sweet you know and then that's a well-presented book as well that's very nice and then there's a book from Lizzie Post. Remember Lizzie Post when we had Lizzie on the oh, show? Um, oh, yeah, it was show. Cannabis Etiquette. Yeah, Cannabis Etiquette. You know, how to be a, a, a polite stoner and shit. Pass it to the left.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and she covered not only that, but other things, you know. It's was, it was pretty cool. She mm-hmm. was a real cool chick. Really, really fun to talk to. Yeah, man.
3: That reminds me of David Biedenstock's book, How to Smoke Pot Properly, which I bought. He's been on my show, but I think he was oh, on yeah, yeah, yeah. your show yeah, too, been, right?
0: Yeah, he's also. been on High and the Highbrow Guide to Consuming Cannabis or something
1: like that.
3: I think it was he's... How to Smoke Pot Properly. Okay.
1: Yeah. There's so many books out there, man. So many books.
3: It was a fun book to read too.
1: Yeah, man. So let us know in the comments, everybody, if you have books... That you have that you'd like to recommend to anybody, you know put a name in the in the comments of this video so we can find out and or, you know, spread the word so we can all know William what the good mentioned ones
4: are. Walter the wizard in there as
1: well. Yeah, Walter the Wizard and and wow oh, man, what the fuck is the name of that full book? Walter the Wizard and the Magic Seed, innit? not magic seed. Yeah. yeah, I have a copy of that too. And because we've had uh, I can't even remember the name of the author, but she was on the show. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, we had an interview with her too. We've had a lot of authors on the show in the past. It's very cool to speak to these people who have patience to write a book. (laughs) Right. That fucking takes ages, man. It's a big project.
3: And I've never heard heard anything positive about the process of writing a book either.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Apparently people don't even make a lot of money off it. It's not not like people make a shitload of dough. Like, yeah, I'm I'm a bestseller. I made 30 quid. (laughs) There's nothing to it, really. You've got to really enjoy that whole process.
3: Yeah, I think to be really successful at writing, you have to almost be like prolific, like Stephen King or something.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe not even that man. I don't even think he's making money nowadays. No. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Fucking downloading books, goddamn pirates. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> I hate digital books. So I will internet say.
2: Internet ruined books.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what y'all reading for now, right? You know what you're reading for. Hey, Mr. Come here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that scene. Did you look up Bill Hicks, Monkey? Random I did,
0: yes. I had seen some of him uh, a little bit a while back. So when I saw his face, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy.
1: Yeah, that guy. Everybody knows Bill Hicks. Man. Yeah, I yeah. showed, showed
0: him to a friend or two of mine, and they go like, oh, yeah, I remember that dude. But he kind of like, he, he he blipped into our life so quickly. He was mm-hmm. really a, a non-event.
1: Yeah, he wasn't around for very long, was he, unfortunately they got to him oh yeah just the way it goes anyway random tangent over there yeah there you go <laughs> so we do have well, some I mean, questions if, as well so if you're it.
0: interested in random cannabis uh like history uh steve d'angelo has like the cannabis manifesto out right cool it We've brings you it. through the uh you know why are we here today how do we get here kind of kind of thing
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Steve D'Angelo is a good guy as well. You know, just, just buy the book just to support Steve D'Angelo and his cause, man, because he's doing good things out there. He's a good guy. I like Steve D'Angelo. But we also have some questions that we'll move on to because we have quite a few questions today. Some uh, serious ones, some not so serious ones. But we'll begin <laughs> with this one from Fulmy Bowles. Question number one, Nightmare Before Christmas. Is it a Halloween or Christmas movie? What do we think? I think it's both.
0: Yes, is my answer.
1: Yes. Good answer. Yes. Yes, Yes. for March, What are you saying, TG? I
2: never liked that movie. What?
3: What? (laughs) Yeah,
2: no, it's what all the, you know, fucking everybody's got their stupid Jack Skeleton fucking bags and shit. Like, not into that, no. Don't do it. Uh, I do like the songs, but um, ultimately I would say it's probably a Halloween movie more than a Christmas movie, but don't take
4: my word for it i thought it was a halloween movie for people who kind of lost people at christmas
1: or something like <laughs> it seems like a lot of people enjoy halloween like it was christmas i mean people have halloween trees and shit nowadays You've seen that what yeah decorate halloween? a tree for halloween decorate a tree. really oh, yeah for halloween strange why? strange i don't know why bro paper or what like like boxes. spider webs and halloweeny things oh
2: yeah i mean
1: yeah Guts, guts, and vomit on your tree. Yeah, and hang like dead shit. (laughs) That was the the way Jeffrey Dahmer did it.
3: (laughs) 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 But yes,
1: (laughs) it was definitely a
4: Christmas movie. It was released on the sixteenth of December.
1: Christmas movie is that the criteria for a Christmas
4: movie? Then is it Martin? Then Die Hard is not a Christmas Uh movie. Well, if it was a Halloween movie, it was released a hell of a lot early. Yeah. <laughs> or just late. <laughs> you know, it takes a long
1: time to make them. them kind oh, of
4: if it was, was bored, he definitely would have released it just before Halloween, like and hit Halloween and Christmas. But it was like December 16th. I was hitting that Christmas
1: audience. I, that was like a stocking fuller for that Christmas. So, <laughs> what was the consensus here then? Were we saying yes? I think it was yes. So, yeah, the question was Nightmare Before Christmas is, a, is it a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Yes is the answer to oh, that, yeah. Phil. All right, so <laughs> question number two, if I give out candy canes on Halloween, will that make them officially Halloween candy or are they still Christmas candy?
2: You know, that would Wait be a fun to do, actually.
1: <laughs> the question is, you when, did you buy,
0: when did you buy them? Last Christmas? <laughs> right
3: actually you could probably buy them now because everywhere i go i see christmas shit out right now oh, that's
1: a God. Good don't idea. get me started again marge i did a a <laughs> couple of episodes about this shit i yeah, thought he just no, had leftover
0: crazy. stuff from last christmas he wants to get rid of so hey give them to the kids this year yeah
1: yeah it, it's 90 percent preservatives anyway it'd be fine there's no it date on them, on them so, so what the heck really you know taste. <laughs> i feel like
3: though, if i got if i got candy canes in my in my, in my bag <laughs> from halloween like looking back Back in the day, I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, they're they not the
2: best these? candy either. That's you know, right. they're just a mint stick. So, yeah, I, exactly. I, I like them, man. I like them. It's yeah, well, but it one of the few things I like. You can't eat that many though. You're not like fucking shoving your face full of candy canes like candy you are with Mars bars, drink right? candy canes. No, oh my right. no. God!
0: It's Christmas. I can't wait to have candy canes <laughs> oh, back in the store.
3: Yeah. No, yeah. I know. No one says that.
0: No, nobody does. I've never seen anybody filling up their, their buggy and store full of candy canes running to the cashier. Never.
1: And then to finish this off here from Phil, he says, I just like listening to you guys debate what is or what's not a Christmas movie? P.S. I don't think Die Hard movie or Gremlins movie are Christmas movies. Now, mate, no, Phil. I'll discuss this briefly on the forum. You're not going to make any <laughs> friends talking like that, Phil. No, That's man. Crazy no, no. Talk
0: I mean, yeah. we, I got, we got ammunition for the diehard answer when we found out that it was released in July. Yeah, that so. kind of
1: fucked me that up. That kind of man, missed yeah. your I argument way Yeah, weird, was, man.
2: You know, I've never even considered that as criteria, but I'm glad Martin brought that up because. Mm-hmm. That's you know, I mean, not that the industry knows best, but that's obvious. They they're pretty fucking smart,
1: you know. But then again, it's like people do celebrate Christmas in July nowadays. It's fucking crazy, man. You know, uh, the decorations come out.
2: Born, right? Allegedly,
1: yes. allegedly,
0: Christmas yeah. in July sales in in the US, you know, all of, all the time.
1: But yeah, yeah. I, I still think die hard is a christmas movie which is definitely up for debate and you know that <laughs> debate will never be over but when it comes to gremlins bro gremlins gremlins is a christmas movie man there's no it's absolutely the, the the actual thing the mogwai gizmo was a christmas present bro he was he was Does christmas shopping it christmas and started christmas for sure shopping. For sure,
2: man. I always say Christmas movie has to, like, you know, somehow it snow in the it. spirit of Christmas. Does I don't That's remember. <laughs> Does it Gremlins?
1: Uh,
2: uh, or do they just, like...
1: You know, <laughs> and then that chick tells that that dark-ass fucking Christmas story in it. Remember, she's sitting there, and she's got that glazed look upon her face, and she starts telling the story about how her dad went missing for... Uh, it, it was Christmas oh, yeah, Eve, they, they her and dad went missing. <laughs> yeah,
0: the chimney story. You know what I'm
1: saying? And then there was a funny smile coming from the chimney, so they got somebody out to come look at it a few days after Christmas because they thought it was a dead pigeon or something. But it wasn't. It was her dad dressed up as Santa who tried to get down the chimney. It's like, God damn, that's a bit dark, that is. I thought, is it a kid's movie? I'd say well, it's a kid's movie. It? It's PG-13. The original,
3: the original Gremlins?
1: Yeah, like, the original like Gremlins. Movie but...
3: and, like it's like twenty years old.
1: Oh no! So like forty years old. When that shit came out in the fucking eighties Fuck, or something? It? Yeah, it's, so, it's another Googleable one. Googleable. Yeah, you're it,
3: probably right, but
1: it's it's uh.
3: It's like I still think of the nineties as being like I don't know ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <right. laughs> so when
1: was Gremlins released? Definitely not the case. Goddamn! Um,
3: yeah, don't remind me. Don't remind the me. The
1: seventh of December. 1984 so it's oh, 38 years well. old this year wow <clears> throat> wow. Throat> uh, wow
3: uh i'm not feeling so good
1: no but that was only 10 years ago
3: right right, right. right. cool
1: cool, yeah, cool. so good yeah, yeah. Right. It, i'm glad we can mm-hmm. all agree on that
3: right <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we have another question here from for bowls which is more cannabis related He said uh Which would you rather prefer, pumpkin spice or pumpkin pie? Pumpkin spice Uh, or pumpkin pie? Yeah. I have not never had either of those, so I can't answer that.
3: You mean like a pumpkin spice like you'd buy from like Starbucks
1: or whatever? Yeah, like a pumpkin spice latte. A
2: pie all the way if I'm going drink versus dessert for sure. Well, if you're eating the
1: pie, the pie's
0: got the spice in it already, so you get all of it. So there you go. That's where I'm at.
3: I do think i
1: personally prefer a pie <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah and actually my, my stoner brain there because i'm um, hit that mic quite a few times that was sparky's question filmy bowls had a different question i kind of like skipped the line there but yeah nobody wants no pumpkin shit sparky if you're not carving it, it's no good bro nobody wants no pumpkin that's why people carve it because nobody wants to eat it you know what i'm saying but uh film my balls good stuff man is it yeah, it is. I said, I've never oh, had pumpkin, pumpkin pie. It's like You've probably my favorite pie? pie. No, no, I've never had pumpkin pie. If you had sweet what? potato pie, uh, what? I don't think I've had sweet potato pie because okay, it's very oh. similar to that. But, uh, Mackie, yeah. you got to
3: try pumpkin pie, you had an, yeah. an
1: infused pumpkin pie,
3: <laughs> even better,
0: yeah. and
1: shellfish. Yeah, no, bro,
3: <laughs>
1: it's not a thing a nice in the big,
0: UK. Yeah, you could have a nice big prawn
3: dinner and, and
0: top it off with a pumpkin pie at the end. Yeah.
3: Mm. That would make the shellfish more palatable. So there you go.
2: <laughs> I love pumpkin pie. Uh, I might be uh, able to buy one this week.
1: I, oh, I'm, I'm gonna have to it. go and check it out, see if we can find someone. I'll it's have to try it. It's gonna be expensive, but I don't give a shit. But you know, the smell pumpkin. of pumpkin, it just it doesn't smell delicious, man. It doesn't smell delicious. It's different once it's cooked. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose so. Completely right.
3: and you add like a fuck ton of sugar and paste and
1: pumpkin spice.
3: And pumpkin spice, yeah.
1: But we we do have a cannabis related question here from Phil. Which uh, he says, what part of the joint is the best, the first hit or near the end? Which one do you prefer? Were well, you saying, monkey? <laughs> uh,
0: well, <laughs> if I'm growing my own, I want the first hit off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, when I was probably would have taken one of the later hits because it was stronger. Back when the weed wasn't mm-hmm. quite as strong, you got more resin in the back end. Yeah. So nowadays, I want the first hit.
1: So you said there, Martin. You said the first hit. First, yeah, first, it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the tastiest. Mm-mm-mm. What about you, Marge? What are you having?
3: I probably have to say the first hit too because I often don't make it to the end because I also hardly ever smoke joints.
1: So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. What about you, TG? Uh,
2: well, if you smoke the weed that I smoke, it doesn't matter where it is because it all tastes fucking good. <laughs> you got that oil line just like moving its way back down the joint dripping on your fucking fingers just like oozing out of that shit like <laughs> uh but uh i don't know i mean
4: yeah, yeah so i don't throw so joints is, anymore it's nice i guess
2: because it's Our, fresh
4: twisted brings up a good point there uh like when i said first to, like how many people out there actually inhale that like when you actually spark up or like do you get it light and, and then actually take a hit because, like, what what he's saying there is right. Like the first hit is always like a bit of a paper hit, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. kind of bite that top sure, off. Yeah, it's, it's not really lit, lit
2: properly yet. It's not burning properly
4: yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of some. I always kind of had a habit of just thinking, you know, when you're burning that top, but you don't really want to be inhaling the gas from the lighter as well. Mm-hmm. So you're just yeah, yeah. lighting. You don't really inhale that first bit. You do a Bill Clinton on it, and then you take a proper hit in the second. <laughs> you
1: moment. do a Bill Clinton on it. <laughs> yeah, you don't inhale. <laughs>
2: I mean, not to sound like an elitist or something, but good weed should
1: last to the end mm-hmm, in terms of That's taste. one of the uh, the criteria which Danny Danko checks when he's doing the judging for the cannabis cups to see sure. if, the, if the spliff tastes the same at the start and the, and the finish. We,
2: when we talked to Swami, he said the same thing. One of the mm-hmm. criteria they use in the Emerald Cup is how does it taste now a little bit here, here, mm-hmm. all the way through, mm-hmm. right? And does it retain its taste all the way through? Or does mm-hmm. it just
1: taste like... Burning by the end of it Or whatever So yeah There you go everybody Well there you go uh, But it's not more on
4: how it's rolled Rather
1: than the the actual weed in itself Um, My son showed me a picture on his phone But he showed Mm -hmm. his mother a picture on his phone And then was like Go and show your dad that And so he's come and showed me his phone And there was three joints in a glasses case You know the case put glasses in Like the spectacles Then kind of hard cases. And his friend had sent him a picture and she had got these three joints for 60 fucking pound. And that they were like rolled so bad. Oh no. It's like it 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 brought a tear to my eye to know that these these well, I don't think my boy's going to be involved in that, but you know, his friend is going to be smoking those fucking things. And this could possibly be one of their first experiences of cannabis. And they have to fucking because remember them days when you're first learning and you had to learn how to roll and shit and it was dire. It look was at this fire. roll. You got to that's what
2: a legal you... That's one. I mean, they don't all look like that, but that's a hilarious. What
1: the point. actual fuck is that? <laughs> a one. <one-hit wonder. laughs>
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> a one. Surprisingly, wonder. it did
2: weigh a half ground, like it said, but yeah. uh, I think they put some like lead paint or something in it. But, <laughs> you know,
1: for the uh, extra dense hit.
2: It's so small. And it's dumb. So crazy,
1: that the roach isn't no only the length of the joint. Like, you know, if you've got facial hair, you're burning it off, lighting up that joint.
0: <laughs> oh, man, look, I can still remember back in the day trying to spark the roach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying not to burn your lips with a lighter trying to get it lit. <laughs>
1: Good Morton's times, lab, and You've done it too, man. We've yeah, all we've together. all been there. We've all been there. The pre-growing <laughs> days, then it. Because nowadays, if you've got yeah, your own, nowadays, oh, you won't get Rex, that close. Throw it away. Oh, you yeah. on another one. Next, young. and
4: we're so spoiled these days. I'm just thinking of the old days. You know, when you're, you're uh, with the green ruzles, and oh, like you God. You'd kill somebody if they opened your packet and went in for the green little cardboard piece at the back. You know, the yeah. roach card at the
1: back. Yeah, the,
4: the green card. <laughs> <laughs> but you're trying to make as many roaches off as you can. I think I used to get, like have a way of making almost four roaches off without a green roach card at the back. Like.
1: Damn! <laughs> and now we get to use pretty much one for our roaches. they all one whole roach, like yeah, perforated and all. Like you know, <laughs> you know, perforate where the fold should be uh, to make the M in the roach. We're so lucky. Uh,
4: An M W actually, when you roll it, it's M and W for Martin's World. Just so oh, is know. that
1: what it is? Oh, oh, that's okay, exactly. yeah. I didn't realize oh, I that until now. You got copyright on that or something?
4: <laughs> Exclusivity, yeah.
1: Exclusive. Martin's right, World in there, No more. If you hold it this way, it's an M. If you hold it that way, it's a W. Look at that. I'll have to fold one less time and just do an N instead of a W. Yeah. <laughs> then you don't get charged. That's it. Yeah. So we have another question from Woody here. Woody's got a, a proper a weird-growing question, like an actual question. It said, uh, "How far will male pollen travel?" Speaking personally, I know I've got pretty far. I know I've gone pretty far for some tail. But how determined is this pollen stuff? Will it get drunk and make promises it's not planning on keeping, just to get to those pure soft white hairs and mess them up a bit? Yes, yes, Woody. <laughs> uh, looking into chastity belts at the moment, but I'm not sure about installation. So, what kind of distances are we talking here? Should I build a wall? If I put males in the basement and females upstairs behind closed doors, will that stop the coitus? Bazinga. Tg, this is your kind of uh, thing, man. How do you keep yeah. your your males and females separate? Yeah,
2: it's a good question. Um, and I would say the answer is good. Good luck. Um, even if you're in the same, <laughs> house, well, especially if you're in the same house with. You know an internal circulation of air somehow whether it's your furnace or just air movement and stuff around the place you're probably gonna run into some cross-contamination like especially um if you don't take steps like have a carbon filter with really you know a really good exhaust filtration setup to uh, filter that pollen i've um these actually i'm picking them out right now as i speak these f2 crystalline entities i made i used two tents in the same room with two fully you know shitting out pollen everywhere males in those two tents and i did pretty good in terms of uh keeping the pollen inside um but uh there was a bit of contamination in my one tent uh because yeah, like it's it's almost impossible mm. to keep it under wraps, and it can
1: travel on your clothes and shit as well, right? If you visit the males and the the pollen gets yeah. on your clothes, and you visit the females, then it's going to jump mean, off your clothes onto the
2: plants. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's pretty delicate stuff, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And in terms of how far can it travel outside? Um,
1: but not far because the sunlight gets to it, right? And
2: the UV well, light it. I mean, but, I don't know exactly how like how much UV and sunlight will degrade pollen to the point where it's not effective anymore. But I do know I got pollinated like a bitch in my backyard and mm-hmm. there's not a ham farm that they're at least three, four kilometers away from me.
1: Yeah. I've heard stories about uh, plants in Spain and that having pollen travel over to Gibraltar and pollinate plants over there. So, and that's traveling like over a small ocean. A yeah, small piece of that, the that ocean. Depend on the conditions, like mm-hmm. uh, where where the plants
4: are, what, what the wind is like and mm-hmm. yeah. how heavy the air pollen is, or how heavy the pollen is that they're dropping at, at yeah, a time yeah. when you know is the wind blowing at that time. What's the humidity? Because oh, I
0: mean, humidity will kill the pollen and yeah, you gotta watch everything. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: so light it can travel on your imagination alone. I agree,
0: would be
2: like, it you almost
0: know. can man because you know if you've ever tried to do a small like a one bud pollination when you when you tap that q-tip on that one that mm-hmm. bud you can see the grains just float so <laughs> exactly it's like <laughs> i only want to get the one
2: that's just to go in a different you know like what i usually do now is i'll take my male and my female that i'm working on out to my garage mm-hmm. and then you know wait for the male to kind of open up out there and then do my thing there so it's like Mm -hmm. isolated yeah um but um
0: no but you want to do like a a a small scale pollination like maybe just one bud for a few seeds and let everything else just go go pretty much seedless is what i'm referring to but even when you're doing that like i said you can see the grains of pollen just so gently float and right up straight around the plant it just moves so easily
2: yeah it's not i mean you know i didn't get that many seeds considering what i did right just fucking try and walk out the put a paper bag over the mail and i tried to walk it out of the room as fast as i could obviously all my other intake fans were off and shit like you know i took steps Mm. covered up every hole that was available sucked all the air out for a bit sacrificing my tents for a bit to no exhaust and everything but
1: yeah pretty much if you've got male plants and female plants at the same time expect some pollination and then if you don't get any, then you know it's a pleasant surprise. But you are probably gonna get some, even if it's just a few seeds, you'll get some pollination at some point. Yeah.
2: But it's not so bad. You know, some of the best cultivars have come out of accidents. So. Mm-hmm.
1: so a quick question here from Improper Weed Viking. How long on average does it take for a flowering plant to re-veg?
2: Oh, depends. <sighs> My experience, I would say you know three to five weeks three at the very most when you start seeing well i would say probably after two two weeks after it gets settled after you planted your clone and it's like holy fuck where am i for a week mm-hmm. you have your next <laughs> week where it starts to like okay now i'm here The week after you might get some new growth but really fucked up looking growth some really spirally leaves maybe some one bladers some three bladers and that's all it's going to grow for a bit and then after mm-hmm. probably four to five weeks, I'll say, in my experience, then you'll start seeing a relatively normal growth again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's when I take a, a clone yeah. um, that's into flowering. revegging a plant itself, I've never actually done that. Um, and I don't know how long that would actually take. If any of you guys, I don't know. I've i think, uh, yeah. recently
0: just did it, unfortunately. Okay, cool. I, I was trying not to do it. <laughs> uh, but I had the plant outside just because okay. I had no tent space. And... Time of year had flipped, so by the time I got it in in mid August, it had already started in flower. You could already see buds were starting to form. It was starting to stretch, so I put it in a tent, and it took a full six weeks to completely stop flowering and start producing standard three to five uh, finger leaves that, and actually give me some new growth for like, like TG said, pretty much for four to five weeks. I got almost no growth out of it. It just sat there Mm -hmm. like it was dormant, and then all of a sudden one day it decided to turn everything back on. And
1: there you go. Expect six weeks, man. Six weeks will be. Did you have you done this before March?
3: No, no, I never have.
1: Yeah, Yeah. easy. And I only speak from from, uh, taking a
2: clone three weeks into flower Mm. perspective. Yeah.
0: So this was a plant. I mean, this was a, a a good. 18 inch tall plant out above the pot, you know, pretty good size in flower when I when I put it in there. Good news is she did flip, and it's now went back flipped into flower. Our bad news is it stretched so much. My intent, the flower is into light right now, so it'll be trim time tomorrow.
1: Uh, Also from a weed Viking as well, he said. Also in the flowering, if the flowering bud matures on the plant prior to revege can I help myself to that tasty morsel and not harm the plant? If you're chopping something off the plant, you're harming it. It just depends on how much you're harming it, you know. And if that is that the only bud, is it like one big single cola? As long as you've got a couple of leaves, you know, a little bit of bush left on the plant, you'll be able to revege it as long as it can pick up some light don't harvest everything. Some people even harvest like all the buds off and then re-veg it with just the leaf matter from the bottom part of the plant. But It takes a long time for it to re-veg. Right. Everybody agree with that? You can just take the bud off?
0: Yeah. That's what I've done
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the past. If you got so anything know worth extent. keeping, yeah, just chop it off. If it's not worth keeping, don't
1: worry about it. Mm-hmm. Have you done anything like that before, Martin? No.
4: Can't say I have, not to be honest. <laughs>
1: It just takes a bit too long, doesn't it? It's best to just start some seeds or like TG says, take a cutting earlier on in the flowering period, about weeks. Yeah,
0: week. I mean, you're halfway through what an autoflower could do before it's actually reveged enough to flip, to go back into flower. So mm-hmm. it, it's a slow process. You have to want to save those genetics if you're doing it.
1: Yeah. And then we have one more question, and this one's from Firetop and he asks, uh, what's the best way to get dense buds? Panel opinion. Uh, get dense buds. Good light, man. Good light. Strain. Need a good strain. has
0: been said. Yeah.
1: With intensity. Uh, density comes with intensity,
0: That's what I've always heard. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's number one is get a good light.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you um, say, TG?
2: Well, that's a really good question, you know, because unlike the socials and stuff, I get a lot of questions on like how can I fatten up my buds, especially when people will build my super soil and use it. And then they're used to the traditional um, you know, hydro kind of mm-hmm. I don't know. I always use the way the term big boob girls on bottles, right? Mm-hmm. Because those are the shiny <laughs> things that sell. They're <laughs> expensive. They have some stuff that probably does help. Or
4: 20 but... there goes sorry to interrupt. <sighs> Whatever.
2: No, Sean, thank you,
1: thank you.
4: Uh, my my (laughs)
2: advice though would be yeah have have good gear have your setup dialed in but just keep the plant healthy the whole time don't don't try and like force feed it a bunch of shit at the end if you keep your plant healthy the entire life of its it will it will like have the ability to produce the maximum of what its genetics allow at the end Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. just you know you look at old people that exercise versus old people that like were not you know just, I'm not saying old people, just humans. I guess. But
1: look at Arnie. Arnie's like 70 years old, man. Yeah, he's, like looks good. You know? There's
2: people that still, are Tommy, you know, like he's mm-hmm. he's kept up his regime and he's healthy. He's doing stuff right. But uh, other old people that are his age are not so mobile and stuff because of reasons. Um, they they treated their bodies tougher during their lives, or something happened to them. Just like a plant, you know. So mm-hmm. if you keep your plant healthy the whole time, that's the best way to get big butts.
1: Dense buds. What about you, Marge? You got anything to add to this?
3: Not really, honestly. I mean, somebody said in the comments that dense isn't always best either, and there's probably mm-hmm. some truth to that as well. So mm-hmm. I just try and grow healthy stuff with the constraints that I have in my current setup. Yeah. So
1: yeah, and but try not to feed too much nitrogen. Thing. You know, if you feed too much nitrogen, it can give you airy buds. So don't feed too much of that. Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's, that's
0: a definite. Yeah. I don't know. I started going in this microbe direction because I was in salt and I crossed over into the synganic side of it. It gives, kind of gives you the best of both worlds, microbes and some salts in there. And I have to say, it really has increased the density on my butts, but I can't tell you exactly why. I just know that it has.
1: Mm-hmm. So that was the last question there, how to get dense buds. So that's about everything. You know, we recommend you some good-ass books there, everybody. You know, highly recommend those books. The Jorge Cervantes Cannabis Encyclopedia, the Ed Rosenthal's uh, Cannabis Growers Handbook, <coughs> the Teaming with Microbes, Teaming with Fungi, Teaming with Nutrients, and Teaming with Bacteria series from Jeff Lone the They're all epic books that you should check out. The political ones, like The Emperor Wears No Clothes from Jack Herrera, the Marijuana Botany, from what, russ clark was it tg robert Connell robert clark. club robert Clark. yeah, yeah so good for breeding compared to that. lots of good suggestions there everybody so you know check out some books it's nice to have these on the shop just a reference you, you never know when the when the emp is going to come everybody you know it could happen at any <laughs> exactly, time man. so I make mean, sure you have these paper paper
2: versions of the info and Like you said about the magazine, there's something about books. You just like, you know, you get them worn out. You always read that one page. It's Mm -hmm. like, I love books. So Mm -hmm. buy books. Bibliophile.
0: I agree.
1: Yeah. So good shit, man. Good shit. I hope everybody goes out. And if if you do go out and buy a book, let us know which one in the comments and shit. Or find us over at Percy'sGrowRoom.com and let us know over there as well. I think we should start a thread about which books we have. I'm not sure if we already got one. Yeah, but we should well, definitely have
2: one. Like you said, there's so many more
1: that I'm. I know
2: we're leaving out. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be cool to like have a big repository that you could go to. And,
1: and there's uh, a thread
0: at Percy's somewhere yeah. about that. I do remember reading about it. Yeah, we, we sure hit
1: 100k is. posts the other day on Percy, so it's hard to you find did. things now. You know, <laughs> use <laughs> the is, search sometimes. box, everybody. <laughs> search box definitely mm-hmm. works best. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well that's the grow cool guides. We'll go to the outro. Let's do that. And there we go everybody that was this week's Grow Guides. If you want to go out and buy any of these books you can probably find them all on Amazon but it's always best to try and find it directly from the author and if you email Jorge or Ed or Jeff Lohenfels or anybody who writes these books they might even be able to sign the book for you and then send it out to you if you ask them. So if that's something you're interested in make sure you go check that out as well. But for now, that's it for this week. That's The Grow Guides. Uh, The next show is on Sunday, uh, 9 p.m. UK time, 1 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. You can come and join us over on youtube.com slash high on homegrown. And we'll see you there in the live chat, hopefully. But if not, of course, the Cannabis News will be released on Monday as it is every week. Thank you very much for listening to the show and downloading this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned some things. I hope you're going to go out and buy some books and it would be great of course as we say every week if you can share this episode with somebody who you think might find the information useful that would be super cool it's the best way to help the show grow and we massively appreciate you when you do things like that so share on social networks share by word of mouth that's the best thing you can do to help the podcast grow so yes thank you as usual it's been a pleasure we'll catch you on sunday for the live show but if not we'll catch you on monday for the cannabis news and events have a good weekend everybody stay high and stay safe we'll see you in a bit Goodbye.